0: This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 22nd episode of the MVSP. Brandon... It's pretty empty on campus. I'm not gonna lie. Everybody's gone. We're alone probably in this building right now. We're the only people, but nonetheless, we're in the studio. It's going to be, be- going to be a great day.
0: Yeah, indeed. We got a lot of stuff to cover. The NFL or er, the NFL Week 11, of course. Um, college football, aka what's going on with Michigan. We're going to have a great t- discussion on that. But first, of course, we got to talk about the NBA draft because every Pistons fan in America right now is saying What in the world just happened over this week? We want to go over that. So kicking that off, we'll go start with that. I mean, over the past, over the past week, we have made transactions that have brought in twelve new players, and we'll possibly lose up to ten players. I mean, this is just insane. But the fact is, is a lot of people were wondering what Troy Weaver was doing, and I think we're not. We haven't seen. We haven't seen the, the the end picture yet. We 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 don't know exactly what is going to happen, especially over next year's draft and after the season. But this lineup that he's putting together, I I do like the potential of it. I think it's a really a really solid lineup, especially now because it, it really seems like we're shaping out a nice veteran lineup, and then we have a young star lineup that can go. Go the it. distance, yeah. Yeah, and develop and all of this. I love the Killian Hayes pick. I do like him a little bit more than Halliburton just because of his toughness. His physicality brings another level. Kind of reminds me of Chauncey a little bit. He's not going to be the most dynamic 30-point night scorer, but he's going to get it done to put the ball in the hole, and he's going to get it to guys around him to do, this, do the same thing. Uh, I mean, pairing him with Sekou, that's pretty much... The most chemistry win you can yeah. make as possible. Two French guys. Yep. They've been successful together. It's gonna be fun. I mean, we get a guy like Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I, I do understand a lot of people are like sixty million dollars for Jeremy Grant, but you gotta think about it. Denver was willing to pay him the same, and he chose to come here. And the reason why is is he's gonna get more touches and more playing time and more abilities to be not necessarily the guy, because it's pretty obvious Blake's the guy right now. But he's gonna be the most dynamic player I guess in this lineup. I'm not saying Blake's not a dynamic player, but the way that Jeremy Grant plays defense off and then offense transition, he's a really good player and he he's when you're in a team like Denver, I mean obviously you have Jamal Murray that can put 40 up each night. But I mean, he hasn't really had like an opportunity. The way that offense is set up, there's never been an opportunity for him where He's gonna get the ball at the end of a game, or he's gonna be the guy that they're gonna lean on to put as the top scorer. Cause I mean, you got guys all around him, Joker, you got Murray, like I said. And then you got other guys like Millsap, too, that can fill it. So this is a really good opportunity for him, and I'm really excited. I love his skill set. I mean, yeah, the, did we overpay? I don't I don't know if we overpaid, because I mean, would we have liked to get him for cheaper and creep Christian Wood? Sure. That would have definitely been an ultimatum steal. But obviously we had to move on from Christian Williams. Yeah. He's now at the Rockets. But so now we have Mason Plumley as our center that we signed for a, I believe it was a two year or three, three year, 25, twenty-five
1: million. Twenty-five million. I I'm excited, especially with the Jeremy Grant pick because we've seen him kind of what he's been able to do like in the long season and late season uh avenues because I mean we haven't had that. I think we need a guy who's gonna be able to, if we get there this year or next year, that can kind of push the guys to be able to go that distance and stuff like that um I'm kind of hoping that they do focus on him a little bit more and kind of especially for three years we definitely want him to stay happy because I mean we don't want him to basically just be disappointed in that first year and not really want to be here for the next two years of sure. his contract or if there's an opt-out option get out of there and I think if we don't focus too much on Blake we're going to be in a really good spot Mason Plumley I think is a really good choice um I mean because he's he's always been a pretty good player he's been He's yeah. been all right. He hasn't been a superstar or anything stellar, mm-hmm. but he he's, is, I mean, he's a sound techni- technical player that I feel like he could do some, because we, we don't have Thon anymore, right? Because Thon was our... Thon is
0: most likely leaving, yes. Yeah, so
1: to fill that those shoes, I think that's a really good spot. Thon wasn't playing too well, I don't think. I haven't really I'm, seen am I'm all right much, with but, Thon
0: leaving, because, I mean, he's really kind of, he's kind of been a bust as far as his NBA mm-hmm. development has really not been shown over the past couple of years. No. And I mean, I I agree, Plumlee fundamentally is a solid big that anybody would love to have on their team, either as the starter or a very good backup. I mean, he's not going to be as dynamic as Wood, but he's going to get the job done. And I Mm -hmm. think the the real idea here is, the fact is is that we drafted a guy like Isaiah Stewart, where everybody was kind of like, huh? Like, why didn't we draft a center? Then the reality, I think, was in the front office that it was going to be... Wood was going to be asking for too much that Weaver wanted to put in the system. Like mm-hmm. He was doing the numbers. I'm sure he's crunched out a lot of this stuff beforehand. He he obviously knew that when we started, we signed Plumley, we signed Okafor, and then we have a trade to get Tony Bradley, and then another trade for Dwayne Dedman. We, he knew that we weren't keeping all of those guys. There was no way. And, I mean, we have Isaiah Stewart, who they've kind of compared to as kind of like a... I mean, a Ben Wallace type guy. I don't see that yet. I think he he his ability to be physical and be dynamic, especially in um transition on the pick and roll, I think is great. I don't know if he's necessarily to uh, Ben yet. Yeah, obviously, that's going to take time. Or, but it's still I I do like the pick. I mean, I think that pick kind of when they picked Isaiah Stewart and then we had the trades. It was pretty obvious to me that Wood was not going to stay there, and it's sad, but. That's just way I love the Sadiq Bay pick. I think he's one of the best steals in this draft. Knock on wood right now that he develops really well. Thank you, Joe. Uh, he, I mean, the Duke can shoot the basketball. I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I mean, he can be a great guy that we can pull off the bench. Because obviously now, in this situation, it's pretty obvious that we needed guys behind D. Rose. We needed guys behind Blake. Because... It's it's pretty simple. They're getting older. They're not going to be playing as They're much. They're nowhere in, near their prime anymore. Exactly. Their
1: their skill set's only going to go down. So we need someone who can... We need people who not only can learn from them, but also kind of compliment them for their time that they have right now that they could be, I mean, pr- productive players in our organization. And as long as we have that, that we're in a good spot. And guys that can learn from them because they have so much experience in this league. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, giving Blake the opportunity to sit six, seven more minutes a game, that's going to be a win around for everybody because it's going to save Blake's health. It's going to give the guys a chance to develop on a franchise that's not necessarily... At, at, a, at a level where you're going to be to worrying about there's really no championship there's aspirations. Not,
1: there's not a lot of expectations. and I think right. this is perfect for not only the skill set of like, not only for the rookies we're bringing in, but the skill set of the guys that we've acquired. I mean, Mason Plumley of course, the Nuggets, I mean, they went pretty far last year, but no, he wasn't kind of the main guy on that team, so he doesn't have a lot of expectations of kind of turning this team around. And I mean, Julio Okafor... How we picked him up, I mean, you can tell his story of the NBA so far. I mean, it's just kind of been a little bit disappointing, especially mm-hmm. from his how m- much he was doubted on as a college recruit. And, I mean, excuse me, Jeremy Grant, I mean, he's obviously trying to find a spot where he can break out and be kind of a main player. But now that he has Detroit, where it's basically just a blank slate, you can do mm-hmm. whatever you want. We didn't make the bubble last year. We're just trying to make basically get over the hump of being of kind of—we're just on the cusp, I feel like, Mm -hmm. right now, of being a team that can contend, I don't think for a championship yet, but a playoff contending team. So I think now that these guys, they're coming into a really great spot where they can learn from two amazing players, a former MVP and a really great player in Blake Griffin, I feel like once they come in, they can learn from those guys. They can kind of show them that, like, hey, we can take the load off you guys a little bit. Especially since you guys are getting older and we want to kind of save you guys for later so that way we can learn and we can kind of utilize you for the long haul. And I feel like this is, it. This is honestly really good. I'm, I'm super happy with the way Detroit's going right now. I think it's going to be really, I think it's probably one of the best drafts that we've had in a while. As well as kind of the best off season, because I mean people were kind of talking about how our best off seasons when we acquired Blake Griffin, how we acquired mm-hmm. Derek Rose, but I can't. I mean, we kind of see how this has kind of turned out a little bit because uh, the league's changing, so we kind of need to figure out what we got to do. And I feel like this is going to be a great spot for it.
0: Yeah, and one pickup that I I honestly really <laughs> love was when we acquired Josh Jackson. I totally Memphis. forgot about that. I yeah. I really like that pick, and a lot of people are like, "Wait, wait, what do you mean he's not going to be a starter?" But here's the here's the thing about Josh Jackson. I mean, he was an absolute standout at Kansas. Shot the lights out. He was pro- He was, I believe, Naismith Player of the Year nominee his senior year, or not? I mentioned senior year, but his last year at college, he mm-hmm. was he was a fantastic player. I mean, the dude was. The dude could flat out shoot the basketball, and I mean, when he got drafted by Memphis, he had high expectations. I mean, or I mean. When he was drafted fourth with Phoenix, then ends up lands in Memphis because the he just wasn't he's not the same guy that we saw in college, and I think that's something that he's been working on. And the one thing that really caught my eye was reading more about him is it just seemed like he was not f- like mentally into like the NBA's lifestyle, being away from uh, it's kind of weird. Like he, it just seemed like off off the court. He didn't feel like the confidence, the security, or anything like that, playing in the NBA, and that was kind of really interesting to me. So Troy Weaver decides, hey, this—I mean, because his upside's through the roof. Guy can shoot the lights out, and we saw that at Kansas. He can be dynamic. He can be that guy. I mean, he's still there's like have, there's
1: no downside risk with him. Yeah, it's all I mean, it's basically all just looking up for what we what it's possible. And if he doesn't, then I mean, we've only signed him for two years. So if he doesn't play well, it's not like he's going to hurt our organization for this egregious amount of time exactly it's, he has a little bit of time to kind of he has a year to develop and then a year to show out. and then if he if we don't like what we see we can just shovel him off to the next team
0: yeah and being in detroit where he's from is really the idea that hey let's let's take him back to his roots let him reconsider how he is going about being an nba player what his lifestyle is like what he needs to do off the court to get him mentally prepared to be that guy on the floor. And you're right. There's absolutely no loss if it doesn't work out. It's not like we're spending big bucks on him. We're not making a trade for him. He was simply a guy that we're given a chance. And the the abilities that he has can be through the roof. And if it doesn't work out, I mean we still have how many guys behind him? And that are developing guys. I mean, we still have we made the trade for Delon Wright, who's a very solid player. He can get it done when he needs to. Obviously he was kind of Overshadowed by Luca and Dallas, but <laughs> he, I mean, going off the bench, he was fine. He wasn't. He wasn't terrible at all. He put up pretty good numbers. And then we we got other guys in there too. I mean, if we keep Rodney Magruder, that's that's a question we might waive him. I don't know, but there's. And then obviously Saban Lee, our thirty eighth round pick or thirty eighth round. Whoa, thirty eighth pick. This is an MLB thirty eighth overall <laughs> pick. So I'm I'm really excited what this team brings, and I I know a lot of people are still confused. I can I'm. I can't see the end of the tunnel, but I can see a glimmer of light. I can I, I can see where this is going, and I like what mm-hmm. we're seeing. We got guys here, and there's a possibility that um we're also waving um Zaire Smith, who we just traded for with Philly, that sent Tony Bradley over, mm-hmm. and there's a possibility that we will waive him. And I can say this: if we're going to be waving Zaire Smith, somebody else is coming. That's what I'm on. Un- I'm understanding because I mean we have Delon right now. We have Sphi. Been very good in the last couple, and we have Jordan McRae, Rodney McGruder. Those guys, I don't know if they're gonna be here this year, let alone next year. Yeah. And especially if we got a guy like Zaire Smith, third teamer, sure, he's got he's got upside. He can play the third spot. He was a, pretty much a backup in Philly, so there's really like no reason that he can't be in that third spot. So if he's getting waived, that's telling me Troy Weaver's not done mm-hmm. dealing, and we can't sleep for three more days until it happens.
1: No, definitely, and I mean, Pistons—they're looking good. It's it's just gonna basically be up to the front office to put these guys in the right positions to succeed, and especially, I mean, like you said, we have a lot of guys that are coming in, and we have a lot of guys that we kind of got to get rid of so that way we can kind of fit in this roster spot. And it's gonna be coming down to like who we like the best or who the front office likes the best. And I mean, when we landed Zaire Smith, I was pretty excited, but I mean, now that we're kind of gonna waive him, it's, it kind of throws a wrench in the door. Like you said, Brandon, how? who are we going to pick up now because we have that other spot so now we got to look at where I mean are we going to try to land a superstar with kind of our trades are we going to kind of use these pickups that we just had to kind of use that as leverage for different trades and stuff like that but it's going to be different especially since I mean just kind of how how good I feel like we did in this draft and how good we did in this free agency so I'm pretty excited but I mean You know, time will tell. It's Detroit, so I feel like we're gonna mess up somehow, but I just don't know how yet.
0: Yeah, we'll have to be. I'm. Yeah, you're you're right. (laughs) We have we have messed up a couple times, especially with the Pistons. But I mean, it's it's it's. I don't want to say like a new era, but it's a fresh start. Troy Weaver's doing. He's doing what a lot of other guys would not have the guts to do: rebuild and start over. Basically, is what he's doing. I mean, obviously that would then require an overhaul to send Rose and Griffin out. But I don't think Mm -hmm. there's any suitors that wouldn't damage this team pretty much permanently for the next three years. And I know he didn't want to do that, and I respect him for it. I mean, obviously, Blake's not going to stay here forever. He's going to leave. But, I mean, giving him the opportunity to play with these young guys can be something that might help him. And D. Rose, I, I, I really do think it's a matter of time before D. Rose either goes to a contender like the Lakers or the Clippers. But now I mean the Lakers have made so many moves, including they kept Caldwell Pope. They traded for Dennis Schroeder. So to me, I don't see his fit there. Especially the fact that Rondo is leaving, going to Atlanta, that that to me says that they weren't really they're not fully interested in Rose anymore. So I think it's a matter of time until he goes to a contender or either goes back to Chicago where yeah. everybody loves him. So but speaking of the draft, I mean looking kind of through what happened on Wednesday night. And the first three picks, I, I honestly expected Minnesota to look in LaMelo Ball's direction, but it's pretty obvious that they want a secondary guy. I think they think that D'Lo is going to be the guy for a while, so they select Anthony Edwards to pair him with. Um, solid pick. I think, Solid pick. I mean, Yeah, that's going to be, be a great be spot, mad.
1: especially since I feel like D'Lo likes the spotlight and he likes the situation that he's in with Minnesota so I mean why make your superstar mad with drafting LaMelo who's going to want that starting spot at the point guard position so that's a really good pick for him I think Anthony Edwards I mean we've seen him at Georgia he's going to do really well um, and just kind of his abilities we weren't able to see I mean we weren't able to see any of these guys in the tournament and kind of like the crunch time of what they're going to be able to do kind of in those super stressful and those big situations. But I do think he'll be able to step it up, especially kind of in Minnesota where there's not a whole lot of pressure for him. And I think any time a rookie can go in where he's drafted in a spot where there's not a lot of pressure, where, I mean, they already have a superstar and they're not really looking for anything. They already have two superstars, D'Angelo Russell and um, Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. So that's a really good spot where not a lot of spotlight's is going to be on him. He has time to develop and there's, I mean, no one's going to really pressure him. Too early to kind of make get results for the team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Golden State picks James Wiseman. I I do like that pick. You have Kavon Looney still as of now. Who knows what can happen over the next seven days. But Uh you then you get a guy like James Wiseman who can be a dynamic transition player to pair him behind. He can develop, and that's a kind of a. It I understand the the question marks because obviously he only played three games in college, and then the whole Memphis thing went down, and he left, declared for the draft. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, the Duke can still ball. And he's been playing a lot of basketball over the last couple of months. So it'll be really interesting to see how he pairs out. LaMelo to Charlotte. I think that... I'm excited for that It's a a slam dunk. Small market. Give the guy the
1: keys. Just picked up Gordon Hayward too. Yeah.
0: But the thing is about this is, was MJ prepared for LaMelo to be going to Charlotte ahead of time? Because to me, why did you pass on Kemba, who wanted to stay there? He wanted to stay there and be the guy in Charlotte. He led them playoff appearances. You let him walk for the same amount of money that you pay Gordon Hayward. To me, that's I, kind of like that's one. There thing has to be something else going on I, for me to, to see there that. Ha- going there has
1: on. to be like another guy that's gonna come or that they're trying to get to Charlotte. But I am kind of I'm comfortable with this pick because I know that MJ was saying like if he's there, we're taking him. Like he's a guy I want. Mm-hmm. And when the when the greatest player of all time. People can debate me on that. When the greatest player of all time um, wants a guy to be on his team, I mean, we've seen it when he was in the with the Bulls. I mean, when he wants a guy on his team, you know that something's good going to happen. So, Lamelo, yep. I feel like he's going to be able to do really well, and I think he'll he'll. I feel like he's going to not mold, he's going to mold into that spot quickly. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and he's going to really shine early on his career. I think. At least. Yeah,
0: and um, the Chicago Bulls take Patrick Williams. And shout out to, I don't know who was in the, the draft scouting room for the Pistons. I don't know their names at the top of their head. They did a fantastic job because I honestly believe that Patrick Williams is not going to be a guy we were going to draft in this draft. I don't think it was. And the mock draft said, oh, they like Patrick Williams. They like Patrick Williams. They like Patrick Williams. It's almost like they sent a smokescreen, and then <laughs> the Bulls liked Patrick Williams. They don't even take a chance. They take him number four, pretty high for him, especially a guy that, didn't start in college Mm -hmm. he should be he should be
1: happy with going at number four he
0: should be very happy for going number four and the bulls obviously know that risk so i i do want to give a shout out to that because i don't honestly think we were ever going to take patrick williams i think that was just a smoke screen so that he wouldn't even be on the board so that was that was cool i i i mean that kind of is a, a shot in the dark it's kind of a stretch but that would be if that's really how it went down wow that was some that was some smart smart mm-hmm. scouting by them um cavaliers take isaac okoru pretty pretty solid pick got a lot of upside um um oyeka okanwu who played with the ball brothers in high school then went to um that, the usc that starting
1: five is ridiculous I, have you ever crazy. think about that high school starting five because well eli scott he's yep. at loyola marymount Lamelo and onyeka just got drafted in the first round in yep. the for top 10
0: Lonzo is Lonzo was L- Lonzo pick,
1: two. Is pick two. He's the starting point guard for the New Orleans, mm-hmm. and then you got LiAngelo, who's on the OKC Blue.
0: Who arguably, without the the whole choplifting, who would be in the NBA right would now? Would be he third. would
1: be a top five pick in the well, probably not top uh, five, maybe top ten, probably top ten. Yeah, year.
0: probably close lottery, to, close yeah. to top
1: ten pick, um, mid late lottery. If yeah. that whole thing went down, and he had a season to play so, yeah. for sure, he was all, he did all right in in UCLA, and I feel like if he stayed, that would have been something else, but. Really cool,
0: but you got you to gotta give LeVar Mistakes credit. Mistakes happen. Mistakes happen. Yeah, you got to give LeVar credit. He's he's raised some ball players, and regardless mm-hmm. of what he says about them, they're very good, and that family regardless is, is going to be very successful. Then uh, Pistons, obviously, take Killian Hayes. Love it. Uh, Knicks take Obi Toppin rather than Tyrese Halliburton. Interesting. They must obviously see somebody in free agency they want, or my honest prediction, they're going to be selling the farm for Russell Westbrook. Oh, I don't say the farm, but... They're gonna be they're gonna be coughing up a lot of assets and money for for Russell, Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. I think that is I I think that is a real possibility. I like that so, situation actually. So, um, that that to me kind of cleared up. Okay, they're really going after somebody like Russell Westbrook or somebody else. I mean, because they've already missed out on Van Vliet. They already missed out on like Clay last year. So, mm-hmm. to me, they're gonna be looking. They're they are still looking at somebody. Uh, Washington takes Denny. Um, adv- I don't know how to pronounce Avedesia. Avedesia, Yeah. Um. Guy from Israel looks really good. Um, don't know much about him, so can't can't really make a full analysis on that. Mm-hmm. He looks pretty good, but obviously overseas is a different ballgame. Uh, Phoenix Suns take Jalen Smith out of Maryland. A little high, but they like him. And I mean, with now with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, they're just pairing pieces around him, so you can see that. Um, San Antonio takes Devin Vassell. Such a Popovich pick. Getting a defensive a shooting fun. guard, he's a pretty much the second coming of Danny Green. He's exactly what you want. I so, mean, all,
1: the the Spurs are always all defense, really. That's what they always focus on. Yeah, it, it was a Spurs, ra- rarely, classic Spurs pick. Rarely do they ever have kind of.
0: I mean, they have electric offensive players, mm-hmm. but it's more of a defense focused. Yeah. Team, so. Then the Kings, they snatch up Tyrese Halliburton, even though they just gave the fire gave the max to DeAndre, Fox. So. Or De'Aaron Fox, sorry. DeAndre, what? Um, DeAndre. <laughs> DeAndre. Um, no worries, no worries. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox gets the the max. He so that'll be very interesting how that turns out. If he's gonna be paired aside him or um Fox becomes more of a shooting guard or they put both of them together. Be interesting how that turns out. Uh the Pelicans take Kira Lewis Junior. Uh Celtics take Aaron Naismith. Um they like shooting, so it makes sense for them. Mm-hmm. Orlando Magic take Cole Anthony. Love that pick because that's actually going to be a really. good I spot really do. For him. I do really like that pick because they don't really have a up. They've never really had an upcoming
1: Magic have just been struggling over the past couple. Yeah, of years.
0: they just need a guy that you can say, give him the ball and see what he can do. And that's what Cole Anthony does. Obviously, at the injury and then North. North Carolina wasn't North Carolina last year. No, they that play, is simple.
1: They played kind of Garbo.
0: Yeah, and obviously that shouldn't that shouldn't hurt Cole Anthony's potential in the NBA because I mean that team just couldn't couldn't stay healthy. Had a really bad year. Wasn't too inconsistent. So honestly, for the Magic, you, you could be happy with Cole Anthony because he could turn out really well. Um, Trailblazers pick to sixteen goes to us. takes Stewart. Um, OKC gets a. Um, that guy, <laughs> I'm not even gonna try, but pretty, I mean, pretty solid. Gives you some depth. Um, then the Mavericks take Josh Green. Josh Green looks to me, he looks really spectacular. Arizona, and I think he deserves a lot of credit. I mean, Nico Mannion was there. He was the he was the guy going in there. But Josh Green has turned into really good. He can be a really dynamic player. Him in Dallas with those guys with Porzingis, then you got Luca. I mean, obviously now they don't have Seth Curry. Is now he's I believe a seventy six yeah 76er. but still. Seth Curry just
1: goes everywhere. I feel like he's gonna play for like every single NBA team. By the end of this. <laughs> he hasn't played for Detroit yet, but nah, give Jeff, it time. I feel that'll feel be like Javale.
0: Uh, Javale's now going to Cleveland.
1: <laughs> Javale's dude. That's a slap in the face for it's Javale so McGee. Weird, that's but. a that's a slap in the face. Yeah, um, that's so funny. Yeah. Then the
0: Pistons make last minute trade to the Nets because I think I don't know how this transpired. We we were really interested in Sadiq Bay. And there was somebody even said we draft him at seven. I don't think that was ever an option, but we end up getting with the Nets, make a trade. Um we end up losing Luke Kennard in the whole process of this whole transpiring with the, so the, the trade to the, tra- the trailblazers. So sad. Then we make a trade with the Nets. We end up getting Bay and Stewart, so yeah. There's the thing, I our, I think it was Bob Wojnowski said this. Um he's the guy for the for ninety seven won the ticket in Detroit. He can kind of, he put this in good perspective. Bruce Brown and Luke Kennard are great guys to have on the floor with you. But those guys aren't going to be the guys that are going to go out and win you a championship. No. They're peace players and right now at the point we we're at with Blake and D. Rose, those aren't really the guys either cuz they're kind of they're 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 more of the Excellent complementary pieces is really what they are. They're not superstars. I mean, Blake, when healthy, though. Blake when healthy can be a superstar. Oh, but yeah. he's just not been healthy. I mean, D. Rose is kind of a past version of himself. He can he can still do it on some nights. I mean, we saw him in Minnesota drop 50, so those things can happen. But we need a guy that can develop into a Donovan Mitchell. We need a guy like that, De'Aaron Fox. We need one of those kind of guys who has supermax contracts now. I, did you see um uh Donovan Mitchell jump in his pool <laughs> after that. He was wearing his... It, 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 the one thing I got out of that is why is he taking his shirt... He took his shirt off, but then he leaves his socks on. That doesn't make sense to me, but... My
1: socks are disgusting. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> I, moving I, that through That was it. pretty funny to see, though. Yeah,
0: Um. Precious Ochua to the Heat. Uh, 76ers take Tyrese Maxey. Denver Nuggets take another center. No surprise there. Um. Leandro Bulmaro Ball- to Minnesota. Um, very interesting... Um. Reasoning behind that is they they figured they were gonna get Ricky Rubio back and they wanted to pair some Spanish guys together. I don't know that that could be kind of a conspiracy about it. Um, then the R.J. Hampton pick happened. Obviously got picked by, um, I, don't, I honestly don't know what happened. He's picked originally by Milwaukee, I think it was. Then he ends up going to Pelicans. Then it goes to anyway. After all it transpired, already, he's in Denver that's, already. That's hasn't, all we even, know.
1: hasn't even played an NBA probably. And, just in the NBA for like two hours, and he's already traded to three different teams. Yeah, I
0: don't know how that whole thing happened, but um, some other picks. Um, Peyton Pritchard from Oregon goes to Boston. Could be pretty upside pick. Um, Desmond Bain goes to the Grizzlies. Really good shooter. That could be a really really good fit for them. Um, some other notable names. Uh, Michigan State man Xavier Tillman is. Grizzlies. He was originally going to the Kings, but. He gets paired with his buddy Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's a whole, it's a whole perfect storybook ending. So he's going to Memphis to be with his buddy. So I, I that was really cool. Um, then Sabin Lee goes to us at thirty-eight via the Jazz and the Tony Bradley deal. Um, Trey Jones, Duke man, point guard, goes to the Spurs. Cassius Winston defense. Um, yep, Cassius is in the Wizards. The Wizards was yeah. originally to the Thunder. Now he's to the Wizards. Um, that's a that's a pretty good pick for them. And to me. That could be the sign of the ending with John Wall because now he wants out. So they're trying to
1: pick up a point guard that exactly. they've seen can produce. So, I'm, so I like it. Cassius Winston. Interesting. He's, he's been so. he's been a thorn in a lot of Michigan fans' sides. True Over the past couple of years. But True that. Cassius Stanley, too, goes to the Pacers right, right after Cassius Winston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, that
0: pick got traded a couple times too. Not, or no,
1: not a whole lot more that were kind of any any to anything that was kind of exciting to see. But
0: yeah, um, Nico Mannion is in Golden State, so that one was kind of a a lot of people are like, oh, I can I see it in that. Um, so I, those were really the only other notable ones. I mean, you maybe could say Jordan War because we've Michigan fans we've seen him a couple times um in against Louisville. Um, then he goes to the Bucs. So pretty interesting draft. Not, not a whole lot of speculation happening. I mean, there's been some pretty big moves that have been made. Obviously, the Chris Paul move is going to the Suns in a trade that gives the Thunder about 1,700 more draft picks in the first round to add to their 30,000. So, they, obviously, they're really happy on their depth because, mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, some other guys, um, Montrez Harrell goes, I love the analogy. Makes a $19 move to move 80 feet down the hallway from the Clippers locker room to the Lakers locker room. I absolutely love that <laughs> analogy. But he's now going to the Lakers, so now um, obviously... Doesn't have to move at all. He can just stay where he's at. But Yeah, and the big thing we're talking about was um, Rich Paul. He's been making some moves for the last five years, and boy, it seems like he gets a lot of what he asks for. So, very interesting. They also get oh, Wesley yeah. Matthews. So, and they get Jordan, Jordan Bell. I was actually not aware of that until just now. Mm. Um, so, that'll be kind of interesting how he fits there because obviously they have <laughs> given JaVale McGee to who else but the Cleveland <laughs> Cavaliers. Um, they also lose Danny Green, who ends up going to the Thunder, and then going to the 76ers. Uh, Rondo goes to the Hawks. Um, Avery Bradley goes to the Miami Heat. That was somebody I was wondering if we were going to consider bringing back. But um, do note Quinn Cook is going to probably be waved. So, Detroit. If you want a guy that can bring a depth to the shooting guard position, he's not on a championship team. So, just just, just, a, just an idea. Just an idea, just you know. An just idea. an idea. But, um, Jay Crowder is going to the Suns as well to pair up with um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good big yeah. three.
1: I feel like that could work out yeah, for him.
0: One team that I've really been, like, trying to, like, a lot of people are overlooking is Portland. And I'll I'll show you some of the things that happened with Portland. Obviously, they had the trade. Trevor Ariza now gone to four different teams in the last four days. So now <laughs> he is in OKC now, but he was originally to Houston. Then he goes to Portland. Then he goes to Detroit. Now he's in OKC. Poor Trevor Ariza. He had to pack his bags four times. But you, uh, did you ever think like he was told this? Like, hey, just stay here. We'll let you know in seven days where you are. Because <laughs> you're probably going to be on seven different teams. But don't, don't, don't like book your flight yet because you really don't know where you're going. So, yeah. Um, Hassan Whiteside is technically still a free agent. Is he going to re-sign? I think yes. But the thing is now they had the trade for Robert Covington, Enos Cantor, and then they get Derrick Jones Jr. from Miami in free agency. And then they still sign Mello. So... Is there any money left? I think yeah, there might what's the, be... Yeah,
1: what's the cap space on that team? Yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh, it'll be... I think they have enough to... I don't know. If... I don't know. That'll be interesting. To <laughs> I see. don't know. I don't know. I'm, Honestly,
1: I'm, excited, I'm excited for that team, especially since uh, we saw what they did last... or We saw what they did two years ago uh, when they sent the Thunder packing, and I feel like the team that they've kind of started to build off of is going to do really good. Um, they're starting to really kind of... I feel like they're actually starting to mold into a championship contending team because it, before it was just C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard, but now that they got Melo to kind of complement those two guys, I feel like that's going to be really go really well. If they can get Hassan Whiteside, I feel like that's going to be the best case scenario cause since he's kind of been the main guy for that team and he's already played and uh, Dame is pretty comfortable with him at the helm of being uh, – Dame being having him at the helm of the paint is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to really kind of bode well for them, and I don't think they're going to want to try to mess that up, especially since Dame's comfortable with them. Keep your superstar happy. Keep that unless there's like some some like unknown disputes and kind of unknown like no, uh, I don't, I beef don't, that they have, but yeah. I don't think that's actually a thing going on. But no. I mean, if they give him up, I don't know why they would, especially since I mean they've been he's been with the team for so long and they are comfortable with him, but. I don't know. Time will tell. Free yeah. NBA free agency is always so weird to just to just kind of watch play out because teams who you don't think are going to make moves for certain players make moves for those players, and they kind of get rid of guys who have been with that team for a long time. And you're just like, well, why would you do that? Especially since this guy's done this and that. So yeah,
0: I mean, it'll turn out really turn out really weird. Like, I mean, one move I didn't expect Kelly Oubre goes to Golden State. Didn't see that. I didn't me. see that either. But to be honest. I mean, with obviously with Clay Torres... Achilles, sad as it is. Trying to get a guy who can fill that spot. Exactly. I mean, we wish him nothing but the best. But mm-hmm. It'll be... This NBA season's gonna be wild. Can't wait to see how it all turns out. So, gonna be really fun. As we can now move on into... I guess we can call it everybody's favorite segment of the show. <sighs> Joe, hit us with your fact of the day.
1: Why are you so not excited for this? It I, is everybody's favorite part of the I,
0: show. I know, but... I don't know. I think my debate of the day is just as good. Well, agree to disagree. I agree to
1: disagree. disagree. Sure. sure. All right. So Brandon, you obviously know Michigan's famous wing tipped uh, football helmet. It's been around since the thirties. It's been incredible. Brandon, um, coach Fritz Chrysler, one of the most iconic Michigan coaches brought it over, brought the design over from Princeton for the main reason that it was going to help his quarterback, see his receivers downfield and kind of differentiate, especially since everyone just wore brown leather helmets back then. Mm -hmm. But Brandon, as I said, it debuted in 1938. What team and what was, what team did they debut the debut the helmet with and what was the score? Oh.
0: Hm. That that's we're talking talking 30s. So we were we're still part of the the group that would later turn out and mold into the Big 10. So mm-hmm. it's the it's probably I mean we also had some regional games too. I have a weird feeling for some odd reason, I'm probably going to be off on this. I don't know why, but I'm, the first thing that comes to mind playing that early is Notre Dame. So, I'm just going to throw that out as my guess. Score-wise, I don't know. It's probably going to be a low-scoring kind of game. I, I'm, I'll I'm say like 21-14. That just sounds like a generic score. What How would I do
1: well, you are off on both things. You had 14, right? They won against Michigan State 14 to 0 on October 1st, 1938. Okay. That and now makes that wing tipped uh f- helmet has kind of evolved into our hockey team's helmet. Mm-hmm. Um Really, Lacrosse, every sport basically, with a helmet, basically every sport with a helmet has the wing has the wings on it. Yeah. So
0: outside of the baseball team, but obviously they can't really have
1: yeah they, on their helmet. I don't <laughs> think they can have that many. No, the, I don't think they can, and it really won't work, especially with the building. Yeah, it wouldn't work. It so, wouldn't look. Good. I know uh, it our. Ca- I know the catcher has it on his helmet. He has the yeah, because then wings, it would work but, and it's legal. So yeah, so but I mean. Hey, I feel like Michigan has one of the most iconic helmets in. Other than Notre Dame with the all gold, I feel like we have.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody can beat Notre Dame with the history of that helmet, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean even though the winged helmet has went to so many other teams. I mean, it, my high school team has had they went yeah, so helmets, so. Many, yeah, so many. It's iconic it's iconic football design. It Really yeah. is. I know um
1: our football team, my high school's football team was thinking about going the wing, but then we didn't because if many of you don't know our both our high schools play each other and oh, we yeah. didn't want to copy Reed City especially uh, so That's what Reed the City. reasoning ones. Okay. was. Well, also our, I don't think our budget was there because we are we a poor school. So
0: <laughs> small school. Small small school.
1: small school, small Midwest Michigan school, you know.
0: You know how it be. Budget's not always there, but Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving on into some college football. We got some things to discuss here as Michigan near almost absolutely I don't know, I'm still confused on what what in the world Dumpster transpired. Dumpster fire. It, Garbage. It was Absolutely
1: terrible. The worst thing I've ever seen. How did we almost lose to Rutgers? That's what I'm saying. Get
0: Nordin out of there. He's not a good kicker. I said, I mean, here's the, what, what's wrong with Moody? That's what I don't understand. Moody was just as fine last year. And I understand, like, he kind of struggled with first game. His first game, after everything that transpired, yeah, it's gonna be different. So I don't, I don't, I just don't understand why Quinn Nordin is still our main man kicking, especially how well Moody did last year, mm-hmm. and just how he's Nordin's just dude. not
1: consistent. No, he had, he's not consistent he had at, at all. Easy, it was what, like not even a thirty-five yard field goal that he had to kick in in the first overtime. He literally, mm-hmm. all he had to do, all he had to do was it was just a it was on the right hash. All he had, those are not hard. I've done it. And I didn't even play football in high school. I played soccer. It's easy, and I can say that because I've done it. I know, yeah. like I, of course, I'm not gonna be able to get paid millions of dollars or go to college to do what he's doing. But the thing is, when it's just an easy kick like that, that should be automatic for you, especially if you're the starter for Michigan football. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense, but
0: yeah, I, I mean, the thing about Nordine is when you see him kick a football, it's not orthodox turno turn up and over. It's not a sp- no, it's like a it's m- like a duck in the sky. It it's like going like everywhere. It's
1: like a knuckleball that he's kicking. And like when um uh the Rutgers kick, Rutgers kicker, I forgot who what his name is, but he missed like a forty five yard fifty yard field goal that should have beat us. That should have beat us. And then the announcer was just like, oh, like he just missed. And like my, people were saying like, oh, like at least we at least like Nordine's not the only one missing field goals. Like. That doesn't even compare. Like, he had to kick a 45 yarder. Nordine had to kick, like, not even a 30 yarder. Yeah. Like, it's no, there's, n- you can't even compare those two. So, Nordin has to put Moody back in. Moody was better.
0: I know. We'd have to figure out, I don't, I don't understand why. Why can't
1: we, we get a guy like Rodrigo Blankenship on our boy, team that'd be who nice. just, like, makes every kick? Just doesn't even matter where.
0: Well, he doesn't make every kick. He did miss one yesterday against Green Bay, but he did kick the game winner. Yeah. So, that is true. But, um, regardless, the, regardless. Yeah. One of the big <laughs> stories behind this game was. What happened at the quarterback position? Cade McNamara no came in for Joe Milton. Here's the thing: first drive, Joe Milton didn't look bad. No, he was four or five for like I I, I want to say like eighty something yards. Yeah, he finished the night five of twelve for eighty nine yards. He ended up missing, literally, not even joking. Every you can single do the math: throw. four or five, and then five to twelve. You do the math. Yeah, he was one for his last seven throws, and his not QBR good. is under thirty. That's pathetic. I mean, while the game I, transpired, it, it just... The offense was not... on. Then when Cade came in, I mean, the offense looked so bad. And then Cade comes in, sparks it with... Obviously, wrecker's threw in a cover zero, and then we hit him on a long shot. But he got it off. And that was the thing is Joe, like, Cade stayed poised in the pocket, made a great throw, where Milton, anybody gets within a couple feet of him, he's starting to get out of there. So... That to me is kind of the difference, and I mean, he did. K did really well. He was 264 TDs, 27 to 36. Also ran in um, the the game tying score in overtime to send it to the second overtime, which led us for the win. Mm-hmm. So he looked he looked good. 83 QBR says enough for itself. He played really good football. And then I don't know if you heard the post game. Uh, basically what transpired in the locker room after the game. He got right up in the center and said, "Hey." this this happened, we're building on this. And mm-hmm. I won't use the language he was because it was very colorful, but <laughs> very we're going to build on this. I mean, you want we're you, not going to let people remember what happened yeah. three, four one, weeks ago. Yeah, you want to have this happen. I mean, you
1: kind of want to have that from your quarterback, especially as a guy who's just coming in who is behind Milton and to kind of light the fire into these guys because really we need just like something to happen where we just flip a switch because our defense has not been as good as the past couple years. Don Brown, I feel like, just can't. He can't I'm done coach. With, I'm done with Don Brown. No, get Don Brown out of there. But he can't coach talent. He can't coach no talent, if you know what I mean. Because our defense is not where it was. Our linebackers aren't as good as they have been. Our corners are just atrocious. We need And we can't cover man. And that's like our thing. It's like we do man defense. And when we cover zone, we can't do that either. So that means that just the whole field is opened up and we can't do anything. But Caden McNamara, to go back to him, I really liked what he did, especially just kind of – it kind of sucked, though, because I feel like we didn't utilize his arm enough, especially in overtime and later in the game, because we just ran the ball. And I don't know why we did, because we couldn't get it past, like, the five. We couldn't get more than five yards on a run anyways. Mm-hmm. And we when we did, it was like, okay, we either lose yards on this or we maybe gain two. And it was just not a good situation. I think we need to trust McNamara's arm a little bit more, develop that. And what kind of sucks about Joe Milton is I thought, he was going to be the guy that I thought he was going to be our guy this year. I thought he was going to show mm-hmm. out, especially since Minnesota he did really well. He was kind of was knocking the rust off the off the t- knocking the rust off a little bit so that way I mean, he was sitting out and he was for the backup last year or mm-hmm. not even the backup last year. He was the third string third last string. year. So, he's, he's been sitting there for a long time. Yeah, sitting for a long time and I think he kind of proved a lot of people wrong especially since when people were saying like why would you not keep Dylan McCaffrey in the in your or in your uh not organization cuz not organization but in on your, quarterback your team room. in your quarterback room so it sucks because now Joe Mellon's probably not going to be able to go back not going to go in he's going to go back to that backup position and Cade McNamara's probably going to be the guy now but if Cade McNamara keeps playing like this 27 for 36 I got no problem with it but the team has just got to figure out the defensive situation, and Don Brown's just got to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say Don Brown needs to go, but, I mean, there needs to be some sort of change defensively. And I, I, I get it. The corners, our corners aren't developed. I mean, we lost LaVert Hill. We lost Jordan Lewis. We lost our guys. And, I mean, Ross Gray, they have a little potential, but I, they're just not. They're just not. They're the not there guys. yet. So, I I can understand why. Like, cause I mean, statistically, Don Brown's been so good. But what really hurts is the fact is, is every year we don't year, really have any talent. We play Ohio State. We play Michigan State. We play these rivalry games, and our defense and our offense consistency goes out the window. I don't know what it is, and I mean, we play Ohio State. And I think the number one thing that people are starting to realize is Don Brown's been had, meaning he's been figured out. And because we've put in, I mean, with, their, with their, our corners being not as developed, man-to-man we struggle covering the deep ball. And that happens a lot. And then we play zone. They're, they're, our, our strength defensively is covering the run within the tackles using our front seven because i mean obviously when hutchinson's there it changes dynamic because they went much 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 better with hutchinson sorry that he got to get hurt but when we have the ability to stop the run and then we go outside and we're able to use our old corners that's what made our defense so good and this we just don't have that so then it makes the throw so then we have to adjust now that now the field's open for the run it's just a hard situation and it, a change needs to be happening if it's Don Brown I'm not stopping yet. it's sad to say that but I mean it's just hard because he's just been so good there there's going to be reasons to hold on to him because of the success he used to have but uh, I mean right now as of now I think a lot of people are ready to move on oh
1: yeah dude and I just feel like our d-line is just not very good <laughs> because we're small. We're undersized compared to everyone else. We don't have any big guys. And that's just kind of the main deal where we're just getting pushed around. We can't really force. We're not forces um, up the middle anymore. And we are linebackers. Ever since Chase Winovich left, we haven't really had kind of that dominant middle field presence that has been able to plug up the holes and force them to go outside. And we're able to kind of catch them before they meet the goal or before they meet the line of scrimmage. And I mean, without Our linebackers and without a strong defensive line that we have and without corners our defense is in shambles right now is basically Mm -hmm. what's going on and like i said coach brown if he doesn't have talent he can't coach because he can't really he can't change his coaching style based on the talent that he has and he can't he can't continue this all right so we're gonna play man-to-man and we're gonna basically do what we've been doing even though you guys aren't good enough to do it we're still gonna do it and you guys just gotta figure out kind of doesn't matter if you can't keep up we're just going to stick with it and that's not what you can do especially with this team that we have this year that have been very lackluster not only in rivalry games but just any game so far this year because i mean we played really well against minnesota but other than that what what have we done exactly. we let up what 40 some point not even, more than 40 points against wisconsin we lose to indiana by two scores we lo- we almost lose to rutgers mind you
0: who shouldn't the be laughing? In the Big Ten. Who should
1: just like not? Who should just be an independent who plays other garbage? They schools. should play in the Big East. They should play Big in the Ten. Sun Belt. For all I care, but <laughs> just like the word, it doesn't even make sense how we can keep Don-, Don Brown needs to make the realization that he doesn't have the talent that he's had for over the past couple years, and he needs to make a change to make it so that these guys can learn to be those guys in a cu- in next year or the year after, and just kind of change up the defensive scheme for this year, so that way these guys can kind of ease our way into being amazing, an amazing defense like we have had, because this year we're not even we have been ranked number one and number two over the past couple of years as like the best defense, best defense or one of the top three defenses in college football? Oh and then yeah. this year this year it's like we're not even in the conversation. and how do you make that ter- how do you make that backwards leap of being number one and number two to probably being like, I don't know, number like 50? Maybe in the top 100 of the best defenses in the NFL, and it just doesn't make sense of how Don Brown can't see that his schemes aren't working. So why? It's not a situation of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It is broke, so we have to fix it. And it's just he's not making those changes. And I feel like Jim Harbaugh is basically just giving him full reign of the defense, and it's not letting him. And Jim Harbaugh needs to realize, I'm the head coach. I need to make a change here, and I need to tell him what's got to happen. And I feel like he's like no. Don Brown knows what he's doing, but at this point, he just got to put on his big boy pants and make a change.
0: Big boy pants, I like it, I like it. He, he, he needs to he needs to step up in the size of those khakis and make a change. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did changes. He did change his upper attire for the season. Maybe he needs to go back to the yeah, old.
1: Probably go back to the old one. If yeah, we're not the sweatshirt so no
0: more. We want the sweater vest back. But um, I mean, here the thing with Don Brown is that we've re- come to realize is when he had his guys and that system unstoppable. I wouldn't say unstoppable but for the most part close to unstoppable. Uh, close to unstoppable. Obviously when you get to the Horseshoe in Spartan Stadium it, everything goes out the window it seems like. So I don't I don't I don't Not really know how you change that. So but when you don't have the guys or the system gets understood by other teams his ability to change is the reason why we are losing games like this when he can't make a change to the defense because just because your man to man is getting beat, that doesn't mean you go to straight zone for sixty minutes. That's not a, that's not the right change automatic. No. You can't make automatic changes. You have to understand. Make little okay. Cha-
1: make little changes to figure out what's gonna work.
0: Yeah, I mean you're not just because that doesn't mean. Yeah, if you go to a man, not nah, then you just drop in a cover two. No, you gotta understand what exactly is being. If you're getting beat down, be, or you're getting beat deep, play a cover four, and then have your linebackers spread out. If you need to make those type of changes, you have to make them. So it's it's just he fun. just
1: goes to the extremes when he needs to make a change. Yeah. he doesn't ease into kind of figuring out what's like. He's like, all right, well, maybe we don't mean maybe. we don't need okay, total so, change. We need tweaks. That's OK. What we need. So tweaks, our, not our corners are getting beat. Let's keep the defense. Let's keep the defensive line kind of pushing forward and doing what they're doing because they're not what they're doing is OK. But let's make it so that the corners kind of have to make probably play a little bit differently rather than just being man to man the whole time and getting beat. So it's little changes like that where I feel like he's just going all in or like he's basically going all or nothing for what he wants to do because he doesn't want to ease into it. And I just don't understand. It's like old man football. It's like you don't want to change because you want to keep kind of the same way that you've been playing. You don't want to kind of have to learn a new thing. But at this point, you have to figure out – He Don Brown has to figure – not figure out, but he has to realize people are figuring me out. My defensive scheme isn't like as elusive and as kind of – not questionable, but as mysterious as I thought it was where people can't figure it out anymore. So I got to figure – I got to realize – I got to make a change. But he's not going to because he's just an old man who doesn't want to change. And he, I feel it. Like, I don't know. Ouch. It's so annoying.
0: Yeah. I, we, we know your frustration. I, everybody here knows your frustration. When you got Ohio fans texting you, oh, what, what, what's going and on? And what doesn't make it better
1: is my brother keeps texting me every
0: time Michigan loses.
1: And it doesn't help the Michigan State beat Michigan this year because he keeps rubbing it in my face.
0: Yeah, because they're now playing worse than us. So, not going not to go on that. But also, Indiana almost beat Ohio State. Yeah, let's change the subject. I'm that right this. there, Ohio who's the winner and loser of that game? I think it's Indiana. Indiana really showed up. Indiana
1: really showed up. This is I w- what I will say that
0: what I mean by that is not saying who should have won the game. Ohio State should have won the game. But Indiana in the overall aspect exploited something on Ohio State, and that is their corners without Okuda and those other guys that they had two years ago. These new guys aren't the same. It's kind of like Michigan, but not as bad. Not even. Close. It's kind of like
1: Michigan, but not anything like Michigan. Yeah, they have good guys <laughs> on their team. They
0: have they're 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 struggling a little bit. And I mean, Michael Penix, he threw for almost 500 yards on that that defense. Incred- dude, that's that's impressive. Wild. That's impressive, but, especially
1: since their defense is yeah. Been so but bad over I mean, Fields threw
0: years. for 300 and they ran for 300, and that's the reason they won the game. I mean, yeah. Indiana's front seven plays. That line awful. like that is just
1: not. I mean, second half Indiana looked like they were winning second half Indiana was winning the game. They were falling back that second quarter was the was the downfall of them, especially since mm-hmm. ohio with twenty one points. I will say this Indiana a lot of people thought they were like a faux four and team kind of like 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 Barrett says fraudulent. How um, they didn't deserve that. They're not fraudulent. But they're not fraudulent after this game, especially being. Michigan is, being fraudulent. In, Michigan is just, <laughs> just toss them out the window at this point. Let's just forget about their season. Just forfeit. Have a couple guys get COVID and just forfeit or something like that. But Indiana, I feel like now they can kind of build off. Even though it was a loss, it was a good game nonetheless. I feel like they're going to be able to build off this, kind of use this for the next couple of games, especially since they're playing. Maryland next, Wisconsin, which is going to be a big game, and then the uh, in-state Indiana rivalry against Purdue, which is going to be a big one too. So it's it's stuff like that where Indiana they really can't knock themselves too much for this game, especially since no. a lot of people were doubting them. They didn't think that they were going to stay in this game for as long as they did, and I feel like they really caught Ohio State kind of got a quick little jab and that kind of surprised them a little bit because Ohio State looked like they were on their heels a little on their heels for the for the second half, especially since especially when Indiana scored that 14 points in the fourth quarter i feel like people were really really starting to think that there's going to be a comeback and maybe force an overtime but
0: yeah they picked off Justin Fields three times they picked they picked him off three times and i okay i i look at the I, you look at the statistics and it fields's qbr was worse than or or was better than penixs Penix played better and i mean looking at the game he played better i mean fields still ran the ball and i mean Penix isn't a runner so I can kind of see where they say he played better. But I mean, that defense, Tom Allen's done an amazing job with that team. And what he did in the locker room after the game, talking to those guys, oh my goodness, I'm a Tom Allen believer. <laughs> I mean, that dude is, he's with his, well, I mean, I, I remember watching the Michigan game. They get a turnover. He goes to every single guy in the defense, pumps them up, gives them high fives, and says, good, good job, good job, let's keep it rolling, where it's just like, that energy, that ability to trust the relationship and your coach, and how much it's taken to build this, and now that it's finally here, just shows you how great Tom Allen has been. Because, I mean, when they made the change a couple years ago, I mean, they, they, have, they haven't been that great. Last year, they started sneaking up, and this year's really been the, where, the year where it comes all together. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they almost taken out Ohio State, and i Michigan believer. We don't have a chance against Ohio State the way we're playing, so... It's just really, I mean, could this be the year that we just pull it off for one game and beat them? Imagine, that'd make our season, basically. Imagine,
1: imagine we just go, like, we don't even win out for it. We just win against Minnesota and Ohio State. That's the only wins we get. So, we'll be, like, 2-7 and seven or 2-8 and eight or something hey, like that. Two,
0: or yeah, we'll be, we'll be, like, 3 or 4 and 5 or whatever. But, hey, if we beat Ohio State, so boy, that'd a be... W in, it's a W that's in the a w season for a W for the season, me. basically.
1: W in the season for me.
0: But, yeah, um, Clemson... F- Florida State really was the only other notable game. Obviously, outside of Northwestern beating Wisconsin, congrats to them. They played fantastic defensively, forced five turnovers. Uh, BYU rolled again. Cincinnati snuck out against the national champions of 2018, the UCF. Yeah, no. Oh, whatever, Central don't Florida. you? <laughs> UCF, Central Florida, whatever it was, They're, they weren't national champions. But Florida or Florida State and Clemson got canceled. Davo Sweeney said that they had one player test positive for covid the health officials for um, both sides couldn't reach an agreement. they end up postponing the game. Dabo Sweeney says um that it was pretty much a scapegoat so we didn't have to play them <laughs> honestly I mean, probably <laughs> I, mean, I, I wouldn't want to play Clemson yeah, I don't know that's going to be an interesting situation because I mean Dabo he wanted he wanted the w You know he wants the w so it's yeah, just, he just wants to play He, he wants, wants to see it I know he wants Trevor Lawrence back in the
1: saddle exactly he wants him to keep on keep on keeping on
0: yeah, that was a pretty interesting um situation that transpired. So we'll see how that goes next week with Trevor Lawrence back. Maybe he might go in the Heisman candidate. We'll see. But um rounding out the show, NFL over week eleven, kind of going over some of the games, maybe some of our picks. Um last night, Kansas City. Oh a little scary, but they did beat the I was Raiders, gonna say, when, I was,
1: when I was texting you about what we wanted to do for the show today, I checked the score and it was Raiders up like fourteen to seven. I was like and then they were up twenty. It could be a repeat of yeah. Like, and they were up thirty-one to 28. twenty-eight,
0: and then Mahomes.
1: And then Mahomes just went thirty-four for forty-five, and this popped off.
0: Two-minute drill literally yeah. takes third or fifty-eight seconds yeah, or whatever. No, to score. no big
1: deal. Where he just went crazy. What in the world? That one was That's a pretty a dagger good ge- for the Raiders fans. <laughs> that was a pretty good game. Travis Kelsey though he he got a he got a um, he had a day. Yeah, he had a day, and he had a four-yard throw that he had. Yeah one for one QBR is through the roof right now.
0: Yeah. I I don't know what's the max QBR. I have It's no not clue. 100. That would be Let me look it up. What? That or is it 100? No. QBR. Passer rating or QBR, one of them's above 100. I can't remember off the top of my head. What? The highest quarterback the highest
1: passer rating you can receive is a 158.3. Oh that's yeah, the that's a perfect right. passer rating.
0: Yeah, then so does that qualify him for
1: I feel like... I feel like that should.
0: I feel like... I don't
1: know. So what I'm hearing is Travis Kelsey is better than Patrick Mahomes. Sure. We'll hearing.
0: put that down. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Colts take down the Packers. I called Joke. it. Good picks. We like that. Um, well, yeah, you call it too. I did Give me call another, it. Give me another, another one. Um, I, I'm a, I love the Colts. I mean, they're a team that... I, I'm just a big believer in team-oriented, non-superstar built squads that have chemistry Mm -hmm. i'm just i just like seeing those type of teams but i mean they played great i mean both teams played great it was a fantastic Mm -hmm. game i mean mvs fumble it wasn't take advantage get a field goal and they win the game that's the difference it was such a good game
1: Rod Rodrigo Blankenship, my favorite kicker probably of all time right now. Other than Matt Prater, <laughs> the other than Matt glasses. Prater. The the glasses, goggles, man. My favorite okay. He has some just, a, just a little just a little side just a little kind of side note. My favorite moment ever, Rodrigo Blankenship, was when he hit the he was like hit a field goal in like the uh semifinals of the national championship. Yeah. And then the reporter interviewed him and he stood like four feet away, hands to the side, looked straight, and he didn't even take his helmet off. He just was like, Yeah, I feel really good. Okay, thanks. <laughs> that, was the best. that was a fun interview. I know what you're talking about. That was I mean, great. Colts played incredibly well. Phillip Rivers went, uh, he just did what he did. I mean, consistency uh, 24 for 36, 288. Uh, three TDs. One included Michael Pittman, his first t- uh, NFL TD. He's going to be special. He's He really is. And it's uh, his, that was a really good touchdown run, too. Followed his blocks, kind of used his speed to get to the outside. And that was really good to see. But, um, when you look at the Packers, Aaron Rodgers had an interception, and then uh, Scantling uh, he had the fumble that kind of basically forced, whoops, the, cost basically fo- cost, cost them game. the game, cost them the game. Yeah. And I mean, you don't you, you
0: don't want to put it on one guy, but
1: you don't want that to put play it on changed one guy, the whole game. Over. We're gonna put it on one guy, and you know every every guy has to have that. I mean, every good player has always had that one where they've kind of costed the game for the team, and I mean that creates adversity, that creates tough, that creates. That creates toughness. That creates grit. So you know that he's not going to let that happen again. He's definitely going to be kind of working a uh, working those arms out so that way he can squeeze the ball and make sure nothing gets uh, nothing can pop it out of there. So yeah, I was sure. excited though. I'm happy that the Colts got the win. I knew that they were going to win this one. So yeah,
0: well, good picks. Um, ones that we one that we all got wrong. Dallas ends up beating Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> uh, Zeke's back. That was really. Oh, uh, yeah. Zeke, basically, basically. Zeke ran for 100 yards, and that's what the team needed. So Cowboys
1: are going to take over the NFC lease, no?
0: So that is a possibility. If Zeke runs like that, it's going to be in pretty good hands. I mean, especially how the Eagles just. Carson Wentz looked awful against the Browns. They end up losing by five somehow. Browns don't need to score offense. It seems like their defense is taking care of it for some odd reason. <laughs> I don't. Kind of weird, but I mean. <laughs> Eagles looked awful. Terrible. I mean, I don't know if it's time to move on to Hurts for the rest of the season, but I'm sure they're probably thinking about it because, I mean, Wentz... Two Wentz te- has just not been Two interceptions good. again, two touchdowns, 235. He was 21 of 35, 60% completion. It. I don't know. You watch... I mean, I'm sure it's all for social media. The throw of him on the screen, literally lobbed it up. seemed like 20 feet in the air, and it was just cakewalk for the linebacker to catch that and take it back, so... Just a not a veteran move like Carson Wentz. And it's sad to see, like, the Eagles had the opportunity now, especially with what's transpired in Dallas. And just like we said, now, like, literally every team in that NFC least right now has three wins. And the whole the whole door's wide open. So it's going to be really interesting to see. So, I mean, we don't want to – I'm not going to talk about Detroit because – Not great. Nothing to talk hey, about. Hey,
1: PJ, PJ Walker ended up coming Okay, PJ, Walker did, PJ, PJ P- Walker did great. PJ Walker. PJ Walker did great. PJ Walker. He, yeah, I mean, he was on my rough necks of the of the uh, XFL. 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 The I almost said XFL. AFL, but I almost said AFL, but that's not right. That's but, not it. <laughs> I mean, he played really well. I was kind of sucks that I was against the Lions, but I am happy that he did good and kind of showed like, hey, like XFL or like those different kind of leagues are a way to get in the NFL, and then you can kind of develop and play really well. And those guys who maybe kind of got looked over can have their chance. So yeah, really cool to see, especially since I mean. 24 for 34 he had yeah. two interceptions but i mean
0: but the, they gave him the keys and said let it rip they really had yeah they, they didn't really they, they didn't hold back mm. if there was a throw there he was going to try he was he was wrecked i would that, say he was reckless he had, but he, he had was that
1: like what was it 40 50 yard throw down the sideline i forget perfect what. in pass yeah to dj moore incredible I, their
0: receivers made our corners look like michigan it was bad so <laughs> i'll uh, say that again yeah i had a comment made um last night about um from a buddy um Dan Hardesty he was on the show yeah. um we talked last night and he said um yeah we need Patricia needs to go and i was like i honestly i'm i'm with you on that and we were kind of talking about who could be the next guy and there was an idea brought up um should we just hand the keys to Braden Coombs first year <laughs> done great on special teams just hand him the keys and hand see what keys. happens what do we have to lose we're not Field in playoff all contention the time. <laughs> we get, it, get, get in within 45
1: yards, just send Prater out there. Send just Prater be like, out there every time. Run it. No, keep that, going.
0: That's an interesting idea because, I mean, I don't know. if Bevel's not a head coach guy. He's a coordinator. That's, mm-hmm. all, that's he, all he's done. And I, don't, I think don't think he can handle the so, head coach and, responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, Patricia. Patricia, this is what I keep saying. Patricia's a good coach. Is he the right head coach for the Detroit Lions? I don't see that as the (laughs) case.
1: That's the thing with the NFL. Like, you can have really good coaches, but as long as they don't fit with the players that they have or the city or the organization, you can basically just throw their skill set out the window. Mm Because Patricia did really well in New England for the reason that it was a defense-oriented team. They had the keys all the time. Detroit doesn't have the keys on defense yet. So I feel like that's one of the main reasons why why he's not producing and that's why his coaching kind of is going downhill a little bit. But in New England, they had the guys to make that. They had Kyle Van Noy when he was there. They had, incredible, uh, they had incredible linebackers, incredible line. And when you have that and you have that success, I feel like that kind of gives you a little bit more kind of confidence. But now when he moves here, he doesn't have those keys anymore. So, like I said, it's all about finding the right fit when you're yep. a head coach. And I don't think Detroit's the right fit for him.
0: Yeah. Well, th- I mean, he's a great coach. We 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 I'm supportive of him. I think he's a great guy. Um obviously some people have differing opinions. It's whatever. I don't think he's the right coach for Detroit. I that's that's just a just the fact. I mean, he's now won 3 games the last two seasons and he's on route for 4 to 6 maybe. And that really isn't showing that much improvement after taking over a team that was playoff bound had a, an 11 win and 9 win season. And should have made the pull. Should have made a longer run. Not gonna talk about Dallas. Um, Super. <laughs> I mean, Jacksonville almost pulled up the upset. They were up three nothing in the first quarter. Yeah, no, it was twenty-seven to three. They got blown out. looting through four interceptions. Pittsburgh's ten and zero. Congrats Stupid. to them. I mean, yeah, you like the suspense I put up there. <laughs> um, Taysom Hill first W. Um, he's eating the Ws, not Jameis. Um, he's eating the Ws. So twenty-four to nine, Saints roll over the Falcons. Washington football team. Good pick, Joe. Good pick, Barrett. 20-9 to over Cincy. I do think this game would have been different if Joe Burrow <laughs> didn't tear his ACL. We're prayers up for him, but it's just how, it's how football goes. It's how it goes sometimes. They didn't, re- they didn't respond well enough, but um, Jets made it interesting, but did lose again, <laughs> 34-28 yes, against Herbert and the Chargers. Uh, big game, Tennessee pulled it off. Good, good win for Tennessee. I was Tennessee. not expecting that, but, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: Derrick Henry is just – if he is not – Derek Henry ran the way not, to the win. If he's not stopped just like a little bit, where he's put to maybe seventy percent, uh, not capacity, but like seventy percent um, ability, it's just game still over. as good as he's any running gonna, back. He's just gonna run all over you, and I feel like I can't bet against the Titans now because he's just gonna do that every
0: week. So. Baltimore, I, Baltimore, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, I'll say if they choked, the, this yeah. is an opportunity for them to take reins and show people that they are a true team and. They just made Barrett's fact of them being fraudulent more imminent. I don't I don't know what else <laughs> yeah, to say. because They had the opportunity to win the game. It's... I mean, they were leading. I don't know what else to say. They were leading in the fourth quarter and they lost the game. I don't know I don't know I Garbo. don't know what else to say. Garbo. Lamar's a good quarterback, but he's not playing as good. I don't know what the problem is. Obviously there's a concern that their plays change your plays. Do whatever you have to do. Don't lose games like this, man.
1: It's I mean, you hit it on the head, Brandon. Because, <laughs> because like Ravens, they have the keys, and I, I don't think that they're a fraudulent team. Because I feel like they're just having kind of an off year. Mm-hmm. I don't think off year is anything to cause fraudulent. Because Lamar, we've seen how good he can be, and it's just a, I, just think this year is just weird. Especially kind of just know what fans and just like, especially for Baltimore fans that are very like they have. They had high they bring they bring a lot of they bring a lot of they bring a lot of uh factors into games when you have a home crowd like for the Ravens so and when you just don't have fans there and or just with any place it's just such a different thing and when you're just playing by when you're playing by yourself it it's just diff- these teams with different. no fans it it's hard to find that kind of that push for those late game situations or Especially when they need to score a touchdown yeah, because you don't have the fans to get back into it. Even if like, even if it's opposing fans, you can still feed off the energy that they're giving you. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that, it's just such a, it's such a hard thing to overcome. And I feel like that happens for every team so far this year. Yeah,
0: I think the, I mean, shout out to Dez Bryant, four catches. The first catch back for how long? It seems like it's been a long time for Dez, but he did get four catches on Sunday. Hollywood Brown didn't get a single catch on three targets, so. You know he's not happy, but I mean, I think the Ravens, the the team is not happy. They're they should be doing better than six and four. They know that. Everyone here knows that. So, see, interesting how they bounce back, really. I mean, after this loss to Tennessee, how 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 are they going to respond? Because I mean, they got they got a doozy on Thanksgiving against Pittsburgh. So this could be, this could be one of those trap games. Ten, or Steelers have been playing well. Ravens haven't been playing well. Could see the script flip, and we might see. The Steelers lose their first game. Just an idea, but um, Denver pulls off the upset against Miami. I officially hate the Broncos because they're the Broncos. driving me crazy. Because every time I pick them for a reasonable upset, they always lose. And then whenever there's a set in stone, who's the better team? They always win. I don't know what the system is, but they need to stop that. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. It's just. Broncos I was surprised are just being the Broncos.
1: I was surprised that they. Uh... I mean not really but they when they took Tua out I was kind of um I was kind of expecting FitzPatrick to play a little bit better but I mean he had an interception 117 yards which wasn't terrible but the interception kind of I feel like paid made a lot of people kind of go back to the Tua train and kind of was yeah. like put him back in.
0: They I mean yeah their offense just didn't their offense just didn't perform. That's the no. reason they lost. I mean Dan- Denver only had to put up 20 points to win. I mean their defense is great. Don't get me wrong. I mean Miami just couldn't get past their defense. That's really what caused them game. But interesting mm-hmm. game tonight, L.A. versus Tampa Bay. Monday Night Football. Check that one out. It's going to be a fun one. Obviously, I know I picked the Rams, but that was personal with Travis. So I think that, I think Tampa Bay can win this game. But it's it's pretty much a 50-50. So we're going to be very interesting, guys, as we wrap up the show. Don't forget to check us out on the MBSP. we got guests coming. It's going to be fun. Um, Obviously, the semester is going to an end, so we will be probably going remotely. But hang with us, we're not gonna stop giving guys content. No. Guys. There's no way we we're like stop. giving content. Absolutely. We're gonna keep the content rolling content. over winter break. We're gonna be really excited about it. So until Wednesday, we'll see you later.
1: Take care, everybody.